It's Spooky Saturday. Saturday is my favorite day of the week. You have toiled, suffered, struggled all week long, and now you're here to get the chills, thrills, and everything in between, from pop culture cryptids to history. I'm your local ghost host with the most, Devin Ray. Now, let's get spooky, shall we? It's Spooky Saturday! Woo! It's Spooky Saturday! It's Spooky Saturday. It's Spooky Saturday. Hey, 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 hey. Hi, hey, hello. It's me, Devin Ray, your ghost host for the most, bringing you the chills and thrills every single Saturday. And I am joined by the white man birthday boy, Scott Keel. Wow. <laughs> How you doing, Scott Keel? I'm good. You good? Yeah. It's a birthday. It's my birthday. It's a birthday. It's my birthday. So you know what? Because it's your birthday and it's your birthday episode, I'm going to hand the reins over to you. You. What? I don't know what to do with that. You've recorded over 40 episodes so far. Yeah. Um, For my birthday, we watched the 1997... Devil's Advocate. Devil's Advocate. Devil's Advocate, starring Keanu Reeves, Al Pacino, and Charlize Theron. Theron. And Connie. Connie Nielsen. Yeah, she's she's in it. She's in it. She's, she's, a, she's in it. Yeah, she's she is. She's in it. In it. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that the three, th- th- the th- the three leading roles would be Kiana, Al, and Charlize. Wow, those are some names. <laughs> yeah. 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 Why? Why are we watch? Why did we watch Devil's Advocate? Um, so Devin's just trying to embarrass me, everyone. No, I'm trying she's, to help. She's outing me. I'm uh, helping. Devil's Advocate was a movie that genuinely scared me when I was too young to be seeing it, and then became one of my favorite movies uh, in my young adult years. Yeah, we definitely watched it on Scott's DVD. Yeah, it's on the DVD that I bought when I was, you know, in early high school, probably. When all the DVDs would be like randomly $5 or yeah, something at Blockbuster, Blockbuster on Friday. You go, the, you go to the bin. Yeah. And the, 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 the $10 or $15 bin would be discounted down to $5. Yep. And you'd buy a whole bunch of DVDs. And- this is a history lesson. So beyond the Walmart <laughs> $5 bin... Back in my day, in Scott's day, in, had the blockbuster. in Blockbuster, they had video bins that you could buy the DVDs from the bins, <laughs> and they'd go from 15 to 10 to 5. Yep. And on a special day, in my neighborhood, it was Fridays, they were cheaper. Yeah. No, that's real. And you could stack your discounts. Yep, like you could. So if you had a Blockbuster membership... And then, like, so the Blockbuster membership basically earned you discounts the more you shopped. And so you could apply those discounts to the already discounted down DVDs. And it was, it was dope. You could walk out of there with, like, 10, 15 DVDs for, like, 20, 30 bucks. So I mean, Scott both have so many fucking DVDs because we both did that. Yep. Yep. And this was, this was one of them. Uh, and when I say that I was too young to be watching this when it original when I first saw it, I saw it when it I mean it came out in 1997. So you were nine. Yeah, and I probably saw it within a year or three years tops of it coming out. So somewhere between like nine and twelve years old. 
I, I watched this movie. I don't know if you're too young to see it then, but maybe I'm just fucked up. Well, I mean, you know, it's in terms of it is a rated R movie. I wouldn't even say it's a horror movie personally, but that's me. It just it's has, a drama. It it is a drama, and I think that's why I loved I fell in love with it later. But I think it's you know when I was a kid, it has some horrific moments. I wouldn't call it a horror movie per se. See, I was watching like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and shit like that. Yeah, I mean, I watched the Alien trilogy. You no, know, I'm, and, I'm not. And the I'm not trying movies. to one up you. No, I'm I know saying you're not. that. I'm like, just saying like it's. It scared me. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. for me, like, that's, like, it genuinely, like, I had, like, weird, fucked up, like, not nightmares, but, like... Fucked what, up dreams. Not even fucked up dreams. Just, like, I would be, you know, in class staring out the window, and the image of the shopping scene would pop into my brain, and I'd be like, oh, God! And it would, like, I'd just be all feeling all kinds of weird for a little while because mm. that fucking face and the hands under the skin it just it got to me i don't know why it just did it just did it just did and it may have spawned my whole thing with like devil possession and demonology and all that devil and devil devil um i've only seen this movie once before mm. and i told scott that when we watched it i was like this is I don't I don't remember anything. Yeah. Other than it has Keanu Reeves, Al Pacino. I did not remember it had Charlize Theron in it. Yep. Theron. I could probably quote most of the movie. Wow. What a twist. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's for those of you who haven't seen it cuz it did come out in 1997 and, you know, other movies came out in 1997. Yeah. Um, Spice World it uh it's what y'all were busy doing i know it it's it's about a lawyer um who is inhumanly good at his job he worked as a he worked in the da's office for five years 64 straight convictions so basically a conviction a month 64 straight conventions at the time that he moves to new well when he gets the offer to move to the to new york then he wins two more cases no no and no, moves no, no. To new york. no 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 yes i know but check this out i looked so, it up no but he was so he worked for the da's office and got 64 convictions working for the da before he stopped being a prosecutor and became a defense attorney and then he won a bunch of cases as a defense attorney mm. and then went to new york and won two more cases mm. the 64 straight convictions was the five years he worked in in prosecution mm. so that's and he's 30 yes so he's he's and keanu reeves was 31 yeah. when he filmed it so he's inhumanly good at his job and the opening scene is he's a he's a defense attorney and he is defending a man who has been accused of uh, sexual assault sexual of a minor. His student. He's a he's a high school teacher, high school math teacher, and he. The student is played by Heather Matarazzo, which shout out to her. Yeah, and Keanu Reeves just completely dismantles her on the stand, and it's awful to watch. Yeah, it is awful to watch i'll say this as somebody who does not remember the movie if you're planning on watching this movie don't 
expect to like anything that you see. Yeah, it's crazy because, like, in the 90s, or at least, I mean, maybe I was just a kid and I didn't know better. But, like, you are, you are. I, I remember rooting for Keanu Reeves and Charlize Theron and having empathy for them as this, mm-hmm. the tragedy of their journey in New York City unfolded. But watching it now, they're bad people. Yeah. Like, not bad people as in, like, they themselves do horrific things. Well. They are enablers of people who do horrific things. Isn't that also doing a bad thing? I just mean, like, Charlize Theron isn't a murderer. Keanu Reeves isn't going out on the street and looking for people to sexually assault. But Keanu Reeves does work to keep pedophiles and rapists and murderers on On the the street. Yeah. It's... We're not going to get into the no, flawed okay. justice no, no, system, no. but Absolutely. I am going to say there's a difference between Charlie Theron and Keanu. But Reeves. I mean, you you said it yourself. So there's a there's a scene where so Keanu Reeves is brought to New York to initially to pick a jury for a, a murder trial mm-hmm. or something. They, the details of the trial are murky, murky. Um, but he picks a jury. And then the scene, he comes home from the trial and his wife is waiting for him and he's all down in the dumps and she's like, what's wrong? And he, he's like, you know, I thought I could do it. She's like, oh, baby, I, you know, no, no jury in the world was going to find that man not guilty. Like, and in saying that, she's basically saying. I know he's guilty. You know he's guilty. Mm-hmm. What he did, there was enough evidence and what he did was heinous enough that no one was going to think he was innocent. Mm-hmm. And Keanu Reeves is like, except one. And then they celebrate. Yeah. They celebrate because he won. And in my child's mind watching this movie, it's like, you know, yeah, they won. But as an adult, looking back, it's like, ew. Damn. They are literally like, having a full-on screaming yeah we fucking did it moment over someone who was clearly guilty not going to jail yeah and it's a bizarre, it's a bizarre thing and then they go up there's this like they have to go to this party at the bar zooms eddie Barzoom is the managing director of the law firm that keanu reeves ends up joining and they go up to their penthouse and all of the conversations that are being had by all the members, all the lawyers in the firm with other people at this party are just fucked up things. Mm-hmm. Like, ride them until they drop and then eat them. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like snippets of conversations where it's like, bleed them dry as long as there's something in it for us. How can we get as, how can we squeeze as much money out of them as possible? Did you notice how many extras had red hair in that scene? Because I, I did. I didn't. That's interesting. It's a lot. Yeah. And all of the artwork is very, like, violent mm-hmm. and uh, indulgent. Mm-hmm. Hedonistic. Hedonistic. There it is. Um, I will say the writing of this movie is really solid. It's based on a book. Yeah. It's based on a book. It is based on a book. Um, also, hearing Keanu Reeves called Kevin. Hate it. Is a jarring experience um kevin is the worst name and they say they say it so many times in this movie it's unnatural how many times they say kevin they say kevin 
I, I can't imagine. I very rarely say your name. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't. Yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just trying to think about. So basically, at the beginning, Keanu Reeves is, he does his whole spiel, lays into Heather Matarazzo, and then the courtroom explodes, and he goes to the bathroom. And there's a reporter. And there's a reporter. And you hear like a for no reason. And then he checks his teeth and then sets him on this path. Yeah. Um, where we, the, when, the, when, when the reporter flushes the toilet, there's like a demonic sort of <gasps> underneath it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, then a lawyer shows up when they're drunk at a bar and offers him a huge sum of money to come pick a jury. Keanu Reeves fully bites Charlize Theron's ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, he bites a lot of her in this movie, but in he public, does. on the dance floor, it he just bites, bites her, her ass. ass. And the other thing that I love about this movie is, like, I would bet money that that was improv Like, the at one point, Keanu Reeves, Charlize Theron is on the phone talking to someone, a client, and Keanu Reeves comes up behind her and with his mouth removes one of her ear earring studs um, it's all very sexy and that wasn't that was not a scripted thing to happen that was just what he did i hope it was talked about yeah i think that like i mean it's very clear that charlie Theron and keanu reeves had really good chemistry in this movie like i and i there's there's and I, I i know this well at least i think i know this i can only go off of what i hear and there's a director's commentary or not a director's comment there's a commentary with keanu reeves and charlie theron watching the movie mm. and talking about it um and that she she was talking about it very pleasantly so hopefully you know you're right devin's an intimacy choreographer so all of this is very like oh don't improv biting somebody's ass don't don't improv that Uh, talk about it if you like at the very least it's also not live theater you know what i mean like yeah it can be more exploitative in film i guess that's fair because then if you do a take and the director really likes it and you're not comfortable but you're like okay it's just one time they got the take but but they could say do it again yeah do it again right do it again or do more right yeah lift your skirt up right trapped anyway trapped um, but they go to New York, he picks the jury, the jury wins, uh, and then they basically just start as Al Pacino's character, who is, Al Pacino is the head of the firm. His name is John Milton. John Milton. Named so for the author of Paradise Lost, yep. who he quotes later in the film. Yep. Uh, and he, he says, that's our secret, we kill you with kindness. And just, you know, he offer he gives them this huge apartment, crazy pay, um, and relatively easy work. Kevin's first case is a health code case. So it's not like he immediately gets put on a murder trial or anything like that. Like, he has a health code case. And he wins it because, oh, damn it, what's that actor's name? I love that actor. What is his name? I don't know. Look it up. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, but he... Basically, this guy was sacrificing a goat for religious purposes. And the 
police raided his home to catch him in the act. And Keanu Reeves gets him off using health code. Religious exemption. Yeah. And Um, health code laws. But also, the guy is a hoodoo priest. Yeah. um, And I feel like having that be his first case is a sort of like grooming from Al Pacino. 100%. It's that like it's dabbling in occult things um, and like just slowly introducing these things so he's okay with it little by little. Um, But also he does do like a, a ritual to physically shut up the prosecutor um and drives nails coffin nails into a cow's tongue and you see throughout the scene the prosecutor starts to cough and then get the cough gets so bad that he can't object he can't talk back so it's not just that keanu reeves cited the right laws that this judge would have gone with yeah the the attorney that's supposed to be prosecuting can't cannot object yeah can't object at all um hang on i can't find it. it's weird i looked up the cast and he's not like at least as far as google's concerned he's not credited so give me just a second oh my god uh so how's your day going is everything good with you are you <laughs> um yeah so he wins that and then he gets um yeah, I can't find it. That's so weird. <laughs> he's he's one of the cops. You know what? He's one of the cops and gone in 60 seconds. I'm just going to look that up. <laughs> I know that. It's your birthday episode, man. Do what you want. It's my birthday. It's your birthday. Devil's Advocate. Delroy Lindo. There it is. Delroy Lindo. He's great. He does a great job. And then uh, while they're at the, the bar Zoom party... Um, they get another case because one of their biggest clients gets charged with a triple homicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Milton decides to give it to Kevin and everybody's like, what the, what fuck? the fuck? This is one of our biggest clients and you're he's it's a triple homicide and you're giving it to the newbie from Florida, from mm-hmm. Gainesville, Florida. Mm-hmm. Also, we, we glossed over this, but Kevin has an incredibly religious mom. And an incredibly ridiculous accent. Yes, everyone has ridiculous Floridian accents it's, that is from Florida that are from Florida. It's so bad. But anyway, yeah. anyway, so Yeah. So they they go to, you know, help this guy out and Craig T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson, Mr. Incredible poltergeist craig t nelson is the the guy alexander cullen yes the the The, alleged murderer of wife stepson and maid and maid yeah and uh they go to visit him and he is in this apartment where everything is go ahead so while watching it he's also oh and he's the biggest real estate mogul in new york city and while watching it with me, me and Scott watching it, I was like, that looks like Donald Trump's apartment. And then I looked it up. It is Donald it's Trump's It's Donald apartment. Trump's fucking apartment. It's, it's, it's Donald Trump's apartment. Ah! She called it. 
I called it. She called it. Um, everything was gold. Don't ask why I know what the inside of Donald Trump's apartment looks like. Um, Don't read into that. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so... Basically, for the, for the next, like, whole section of the movie, Keanu Reeves, and really during the the health code case, Keanu Reeves is buried in work, and everyone else is hitting Charlize Theron with decorating their apartment. Oh, and you know, my least favorite part of that decorating the apartment montage with, like... The paint. Assistant girl. What, it's the paint, but also every color of paint... That assistant girl was wearing that color when she's like, not that one. Yep. Oh, what a yeah. bitch! It's like Charlize Theron would paint a sample of it on the wall, and then it would cut to the to the friend that lives across the hall, at, who is the husband of another lawyer in the firm. Uh, it would cut to her, and she's wearing the color that Charlize Theron's painting on the wall, and she's like, no, not that. And at one point, she even says, it's one thing to wear it, and it's another thing to put it all over your walls. To be fair, though, they are some pretty hideous greens. Yeah, they were some terrible colors. And then, you know, Al Pacino, John Milton uh, convinces Charlize Theron to change her hair. Oh, in a grand twist of fate for this curly-headed person, the one time that curly hair (laughs) is like, no, that's the look. You should cut your hair and straighten it, is a trick to make her, quote, unquote, less attractive. But... We all know now. Charlize Theron just looks great. She's beautiful in a brunette bob. She's beautiful. She almost didn't get this part because she's so beautiful. I mean, that makes. Sense. They made her like screen test four times. Wow. Wow. Crazy. So, like, I don't know. She's too pretty. But yeah, they just chip away at her mental state by isolating her and stressing her out and making her do all this shit that she doesn't want to be doing. Like, mm-hmm. not like strenuous shit but like mundane shit just like boredom creeping in like housewife bullshit and she is very clearly a working woman she is a woman who likes to be getting her hands dirty Mm -hmm. and they are you know just completely boxing her in yeah and keeping keanu reeves keeping kevin just completely buried at work and keeping them separate um and just kind of driving a wedge and also, uh, Kevin is, he has a straying eye. Yeah. He's constantly seeing these beautiful women in New York and staring at them for way too long. And, uh, and also he's got Al Pacino there, you know, just egging him on. Yeah. At every possible turn. Yeah. And showing him, like, you can have what I have kind of a vibe. I'm a I'm a little guy. But the funniest thing is, is that John Milton never says it. He never uses words when he's tempting Kevin. Like, his words are always, or his, his, whenever he's tempting Kevin, it's always done by presenting him with these women in another context, like we're at dinner mm-hmm. or we're on an elevator mm-hmm. or we're at work. And he gives Kevin these looks and these smiles that indicate that he supports what Kevin is thinking. But then whenever he actually talks, you know, it's 
Go home to your go wife. Go home to your wife. Take care of your wife. You love this woman. You know, you need to be there for her. You don't need to win this case. Like, you can drop the case. Just be with your wife. You know, uh, I'll understand. Everyone at the firm will understand. You're good. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. You don't win them all. And so, like, it's this great little tug of war that he's generating throughout the film while eliminating anyone who opposes Kevin. It's the illusion of choice. And it's so he can say later, I gave you the choice. I gave you the choice. Yeah. You had a choice and you chose. Choice is everything. I don't make anybody do anything. Right. Um, yeah, so, like, Eddie Barzoom gets all upset with Kevin, and so Al Pacino has some homeless people kill him, beat so him to death. So, they're specters, first of all. They're, like, spectral demons. Yeah. Not unlike the hockey demons in, in Dogma. Dogma. Yeah. But they're dressed in the colors of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Al Pacino is wearing green. It's the last horse, death. Huh. But uh, they run up on Barzoon. Yeah. And then beat the shit out of him. Which, it it is implied that Charlize Theron... Can see it can happening. Can see it happening. Yeah. Like she watches Eddie Barzoon get beat to death. In the park. In the park. Although I don't think it's the same park, but... They do say that the, the when they're showing them the apartment, they say it's overlooking the park. Right, but I don't think it's the same park. Yeah. Yeah. But she does see it. But she does see it. Um, it's another one of her... Yeah. She... And then later in the movie, uh, this other guy from the... It's called the Weaver Commission. Uh, this guy, Weaver, is investigating the firm to, you know, basically prove that they're doing illegal things Mm -hmm. and so he's following kevin and harassing kevin trying to get him to join and 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 go over to help the investigation and al pacino dips his hand dips his fingers in some holy water and dude man gets just absolutely wrecked by a car to which devin said people in new york don't drive that fast people in new york don't drive that fast um they can't there's traffic there's traffic so you might somehow if you're uh, somehow, Angelina Jolie, you can get up to 60, second, 60 miles per 60 hour. 60 miles per hour in, in like four seconds. Four seconds. Um, the car was hauling ass. But you've got maybe two blocks yeah. where you can do that. Yeah. So what's the fucking point? Right. But yeah, so this guy gets plowed and he dies. Um, Living the dream. And then <laughs> Kevin is... <laughs> sorry no you're good so the everything's sort of building up to the trial day where kevin and marianne charlie's character charlie theron's character is marianne kevin and marianne are like full-on just fighting all the time kevin's working all the time charlie theron is losing her fucking mind um kevin's mom comes to visit at one point and has a weird interaction with john milton and then Kevin goes to... Oh, and Kevin is prepping this witness. He finds out that... Or he, it's it's revealed that Dude that Man is Alexander having... Cullen, Alexander Cullen is having an affair with his secretary. There's a cut scene. 
There's a cut scene. There's a cut scene that they had already moved, separated their property. Okay. Um. But it's revealed to Kevin that Alexander Cullen is, has been having an affair mm-hmm. with his assistant. Mm-hmm. And there is a prenup which gives him motive for murder. Mm-hmm. And there's already a bunch of other evidence on him. And so Kevin is like, what the fuck, man? How are you not going to tell me that? That's a problem. What do I need to know? And he's like, I was having sex with my assistant the night that my wife was shot. Mm-hmm. And so Kevin starts interviewing the assistant and he asks the assistant if she if he's like cross-examining her like he's the prosecutor and he he's asking her a bunch of rapid fire questions and in the middle of that he's like is he circumcised and she doesn't answer and so he's like well she's lying mm-hmm. and now i have to put her on the stand knowing that she's lying and he doesn't like that because he thinks now that alexander cullen is guilty mm-hmm. and al pacino's like Sometimes you don't win. and Maybe it's your time to lose. Maybe it's your time to lose. But then he puts her on the stand, and Al Pacino's sitting behind him in court, watching him with a smile, watching him win this case. Uh, And he comes home from winning the case to find that Marianne has left the apartment and gone to this church, and everybody's worried. So he goes to the church, finds her there, and she basically is like, Milton came into the apartment and we had sex all afternoon and I wanted him to stop and he didn't and she stands up and she's naked under this blanket and she's covered in cuts mm-hmm. all over her body and Kevin's like oh mayor what did you do to yourself Milton was in court with me all afternoon there's no way he could have been mm-hmm. with you what have you done to yourself and checks her into a mental institution and then his mom comes to visit, and she ends up getting her hands on a mirror and breaks it and commits suicide. And it's very graphic. Um, Charlie Theron does. Not Charlie Theron does, yeah. Sorry. Not to confuse you. And his mom, during all of this, ends up telling him that John Milton is, in fact, his father. Mm-hmm. And that she had come to New York in the 60s uh, on some sort of trip with the church and he was a waiter and he was charming and <clears throat> they had sex and she got pregnant and had kevin like you do like you do and then kevin's like okay <laughs> and he goes to he gets his he gets this gun that he took off alexander cullen because he was like why the fuck do you have a gun And he goes to John Milton, and the streets of New York are empty. It's all very ominous. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, yeah, Al Pacino gives this fucking great monologue. You have revealed nothing about who Al Pacino really is. Oh, wow. This whole time. I thought you were saving it for right now. John Milton's the devil. (laughs) Um, like literally, like literally, he's, Satan. He's the devil. Keanu Reeves takes the gun and he like he so he he asks Milton what happened with him and his wife, <laughs> and he delivers a great line about and basically says we had a lot of sex in a very rude way, and Keanu Reeves empties like eight rounds into his chest mm-hmm. and he's fine. 
And uh, whoa, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, let it out. Um, There's the rage, my boy. Yeah, that. And gives this great monologue about how, you know, he's on the side of humanity and God sucks and doesn't care about us. And yeah. he does and he cares about humanity and free will. He's a humanist. He's a humanist. Maybe the last humanist. <laughs> um, and then Connie Nielsen, who is who plays Christabella, who has been sort of the provocateur, the enchantress throughout the movie that has really caught Keanu Reeves' eye and he like hallucinated about her while having sex with his wife and all kinds of stuff. She shows up and it turns out that she is his half-sister and that she's ovulating and John Milton wants them to have sex to have a child right now. To make the Antichrist. But that's not how that works. It's not. It's like one it of them should be the antichrist. Be the antichrist. Yeah. Um, it's not like you could take half, half, and make whole. Yeah. The point is the half. Because then you have a quarter. Yeah. I guess it's still a half. Still a half. But yeah, so that's a thing. Um, and you think that he's gonna cave? He's like. Connie Nielsen strips down and they're making out and mm-hmm. it looks like it's about to happen and then Keanu Reeves stands up and goes free will right and then shoots himself in the head mm-hmm. and then Al Pacino goes full freak out burns down the building turns Connie Nielsen to a mummified skeleton and then it flashes back through a tunnel of hellscape bodies and we're back in the bathroom mm-hmm in the courtroom at the beginning. In the courtroom at the beginning. Before before destroying that yep. little girl. And, uh... Yeah, then he changes his mind and recuses himself from the case. Mm-hmm. And then the reporter guy tracks him down and is like, we can make a story out of this. You know, we can do this. You're going to be famous. Mm-hmm. And he says, call me in the morning. Kevin says, call me in the morning. And then the reporter morphs into Al Pacino and he's like, vanity. Definitely my favorite sin. Wink. And that's the end. Um, and they're really, we didn't really talk about any of the horrific things. Like, it's sort of just a... It is a really good movie. It's less good now. It has not aged well. Because it is about terrible, terrible defense attorney I think bullshit. it could be worse. I think... Not that I want it to be remade, but if they were going to remake it, really live in the truth of being terrible people. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like it was 90s-ified. It was. Terrible people. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely... Because, like, it wasn't even anti-hero. Like, Keanu Reeves' character felt like a tragic hero. Not... I think you can keep that. Yeah. But everyone around him... Be so much worse. So much worse. Yeah. Eddie Barzoom, the fucking worst. The worst. Yeah. Jeffrey Jones is the worst, though. He is. It's funny because the women were kind of the worst. Like, they they allowed the women in the movie to be much more snake-like. That's because you saw it as a, on a personal level. So the, all the men were doing evil on a large scale. Yeah. The women Shadow were... Shadow corporations. The women were being very directly manipulative to one, to one person. person. Like, 
you just you watched them manipulate and fuck with Charlize Theron and drive her absolutely crazy. Yeah. Destroy her. Yeah. And that was, I mean, her sort of spiral was well done. Mm-hmm. And that was what's also funny about being a young boy and being terrified by this. The things that terrified me were the things that happened to her. Yeah. Because it well, was... Well, because nothing happens to Keanu Reeves. Yeah, nothing really scary happens to him. Everything is good for him. He's the Antichrist. Yeah. Um, there, there's that bit that you talked about in the church that Charlize Theron was nervous to be f- fully nude mm-hmm. in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, but she said on the day of filming, like she, when they got there, she talked to the priest and she was like, I'm sorry. Like if this isn't okay, whatever. He's like, no, I think it's wonderful that this, something so horrible could happen to somebody. And they, they come to the church to be protected and feel safe oh and i'm like yeah also it's charlie's theron getting fully nude fully nude in your church you disgusting priest man <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's that's what i thought i was like at first i was like oh no oh yeah well yeah she doesn't have to be naked no there's a lot of nudity in there. there's so many titties in this movie yeah it's only two women, well, I guess, and the statues. There are these moving. There's this huge. <laughs> there's a huge sculpture, a uh, cement sculpture behind John Milton's desk mm-hmm. that is just swirling. It's just swirling cement. Yeah, it's a very elaborate, gigantic, like twenty by forty foot sculptural piece on mm-hmm. his wall. And then in the last scene of the movie, when he comes out and says, "I am the devil." There's it like starts to move and these sculpture statue people emerge from it and start groping each other and mm-hmm. dancing and undulating and it's a bunch of naked dudes and women. Oh, there is Keanu Reeves butt. There's a lot of Keanu. Well, not a lot. There's some shots of Keanu Reeves butt. You definitely get the. I like that. The, I was the, there for that. You get the hairy peach. It's there. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, like, there's, and there's just, there's a lot of fucked up stuff. I don't know. It's a crazy little movie. I absolutely love it. Still, it's a good time. I enjoyed watching it again. I hadn't seen it in years. Like, years, years. It wasn't a bad time. It's just kind of long. It is long. I mean, For what the point of the movie is. Yeah. It could definitely be cut down. It could definitely be cut down. But also at the same time, eh. Yeah. It wasn't excruciatingly long. No. It wasn't Oppenheimer. Shots fired. Bombs bombs dropped. (laughs) (laughs) No! That is in no way to make light of what this horrible man did. Problematic. (laughs) I'm just dropping truth bombs. Yeah. Oppenheimer was bad. Anyway, this anyway. movie was better than Oppenheimer. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. More entertaining, too. Al Pacino's brilliant. He is so good in this. Like, he's a great Satan. I think if the if Keanu Reeves' accent was just a couple notches down. Yeah, if it was a little lighter. A little lighter, it would be pretty solid. Yeah. Like, all around, like, wow. Because that's the only thing I could think of. Charlize Theron does a great job. She, her accent is 
awesome. Yeah. Her accent. And I think that's probably what it is. Is because I feel like Keanu, Charlize Theron's accent was as severe as Keanu Reeves was. It just sat better on her. Yeah. Like. Well, you think about like monster. Yeah. It's the same thing. And I think the other thing is that Keanu Reeves slipped in and out of his depending on who he was talking to. Yeah. So there were scenes where he clearly didn't really have an accent. This is also, it's not one of the few, but it is definitely one of the notable movies where Keanu Reeves does not have the quote-unquote Keanu Reeves face problem. He moves his face a lot. Yeah. He so, looks he looks like a different human sometimes. Yeah. It's kind of creepy. My only thing is I believe I can believe that Al Pacino is Keanu Reeves' dad. Uh-huh. But at the same time, it's like, and and I know that the point, a lot of points were made about being unsuspecting and that sort of thing. And then you see. They don't see you coming. They see, like, I guess you see Satan's true form post Keanu Reeves suicide. Yeah. Where he looks more like it's just Keanu Reeves, but like he looks more like Keanu Reeves, long yeah. hair. Yeah, and I'm like, well, okay. And in the book, as I have read, I haven't read the book, but I have read she in the read book about it that John Milton and Kevin Taylor are not related, right? And I would think they changed it obviously for '90s storytelling purposes and that sort of thing, but also. I don't know how well a movie would have played with a beautiful John Milton because Lucifer Morningstar is supposed to be the most beautiful of. Yeah. And Al Pacino is, is not. No. Especially. He's not an unattractive man, but he's no, but not as, the most beautiful. man. And as he's gotten older, he hasn't leaned into the aging, uh, good looking guy. He's leaned into the curmudgeonly old man. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. And his whole thing with the movie, like, he says it multiple times. It's like, I'm little old me. You know, nobody sees me coming. Mm -hmm. I stay in the shadows, and I, I'm small. Like, yeah. What's that line you like? It's, I'm the hand-up Mona Lisa skirt. I'm the hand-up Mona Lisa skirt. I'm a surprise, Kevin. I'm a surprise, Kevin. It's, he has a lot of lines like that that are just... It's the way he delivers them. They are so good. Mm -hmm. Al Pacino is so good. Mm -hmm. Charlize Theron is so good. Keanu Reeves is Keanu Reeves. He's good. In a, in like, it's and, not so good, but he's right. good. But it's like, it's not Keanu Reeves in Much Ado. No, it's, it's Keanu Reeves in Constantine. It's Keanu Reeves in Constantine or The Matrix. Like, it's, it's standard Keanu Reeves, which I'm not mad at. No, I'm not mad at it either. Yeah. It's a great time. Yeah. And it's got some spookiness in it. Got some spookiness. It does. Yet the scene that Scott was traumatized by, they, they're in a dressing room. At a very nice upscale store changing clothes. And the, all of the assistants are getting very... They're changing openly. Assist, when she says assistants, the lawyer's wives... Charlie Theron's out with the lawyer's they're, wives. They're demons that work for Satan. Yeah. Um, and they're pretty much the only demons that you see. Yeah. So all the demons are women. It's Pam. Pam is a demon who Devin does not think is actually named Her Pam. Name is not Pam. It's Her, Doreen. It's Doreen. Um, and then there's... 
I can't remember her name, but she's the woman who lives across the hall. And then there's Eddie Barzoom's wife. And it's like, basically, those three women are the three demons that spend the movie fucking with Marianne. Yeah. And in this scene, it's the woman that lives across the hall and Eddie Barzoom's wife. And they're getting naked as they change clothes Mm -hmm. and making Marianne touch their boobs because they got them done done at Dr. Robert. Um because it's there, the whole scene is like spend your husband's money, have a relationship with his money, because you're never going to have a relationship with him. Yeah. And then as she's slipping this dress, as the neighbor is slipping this dress over her head, her face morphs into this demonic <sighs> face, and then these hands are just groping her body all over, but like underneath her skin. So mm-hmm. you're just seeing these hands move. Under, under her skin. skin and it's just i don't know what about it fucked with me but it did and then the same thing happens with pam uh, right that causes marianne to freak out she's looking at herself in the mirror and then the mirror tilts to pam and her face cracks into this demon face um also Charlize theron has this terrible nightmare thing where she gets up in the middle of the night and finds a baby in her apartment that's Mm -hmm. playing with her ovaries her ovaries and then she goes to the doctor the next day and finds out that she has oh non Non non-specific ovarian ovarian failure yeah and basically she can't have kids and so and she's like they took my ovaries Mm -hmm. and of course she keeps trying to tell she spends the whole movie like like, it's so funny because when they get there she's like he's like I don't want to do this if you're not all the way. And I'm like, I'm not all the way if you're not all the way. If you if you want to go back to Gainesville, we can go back to Gainesville. And she's like, fuck that. Staying here. Mm-hmm. And then after they've been there for a little bit, she's like, we need to go home. I saw demons. And he's like, no. You're crazy. You're crazy. I'm killing it here. We're staying. And she spends like, and you know, it's just, she's. she Doesn't she also try to leave? And he's like, no. I think so. Not is, really. Not like it's not like she packs a bag. No, she's like, I want to go home, and he's like, No, this is our home. No, he says that to his mom. His mom says, I can take her home if you let me, and he's like, This is home. This is home. This mm-hmm. is where we live. I'm not going back to Gainesville. And he says that to his mom. He mm-hmm. doesn't. He doesn't say that to Marianne. Oh, okay. And if he does, that's not a scene we saw. No, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Uh. <laughs> uh yeah, it's I, I I think it there are parts of it that definitely don't age well, but I think overall it holds up. Mm-hmm. Definitely worth the the rewatch. Yeah. I'll do it again. Ten out of ten would do it again. <laughs> yeah, I'd watch it again. Yeah. That's all I got. That's all I got. Okay. I don't there's I mean, I looked up little facts and things about this movie, but it, Yeah. It's a good time. It's your birthday. It's my birthday. We watched Devil's Advocate. And I had fun. Yeah. Woo. Woo. <laughs> um, embarrassing fun fact. I totally did that Al Pacino monologue in high school. Oh, no. Scott. For an acting class. We'll do it now. No. Why not? Because I don't know that I could. I don't know that I could do it well. I don't know. You might be able to do it better now as an adult. 
But I mean, I don't know that I have it like locked in here enough to be able to just. Why don't you read do it? it? No. Come no. on, give the listeners a little treat, no. a little birthday cake. No. Come on. I ain't doing that. All right. I, I think it was embarrassing enough to say that I actually did that as a monologue. Because I was a little film nerd. I did. Little, oh, were you? I did little film monologues for my for my theater. It was supposed to be forbidden, but now the the rules on that are changing. Are they? Yeah. Nice. Because not every not everybody has access to theater. And plays. also, yeah. how many times can you listen to the same ten quote unquote decent monologues? Yeah. So I did. I did monologues from Goodwill Hunting <laughs> and The Devil's Advocate, Dogma. Those kinds of things <coughs> drove my theater teacher crazy. I'm sure he loved me, but it did drive him crazy. He was like, "Why are you always doing movies?" And I'm like, "I like movies. I like movies. That's acting, is it not?" Yeah, Mr. Pat McAfee, Mr. McAfee, Mr. McAfee, Mr. gross, Mr. McAfee, gross. He's a good man. Gross. <sighs> there it is. There it is. We did it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you. Next week, we are returning to Zekitweku. With what? Zekitweku with the creature of the Black Lagoon. <laughs> yes. Cabin in the Woods Cinematic Universe. Creature of the Black Lagoon. From? From the whiteboard. Creature. Creature from the Black Lagoon. From the whiteboard. <laughs> For the subject of? <laughs> Cabin in the Woods Cinematic Universe. No. What subject on the whiteboard? Frog monster. <laughs> Swamp monster. Frogman. Merman. 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 Yeah. Wow. Okay. Can't wait to <laughs> take the reins back for next week. Yeah, I don't know why she handed them to me. I'm the this worst. This is your episode. <laughs> But if y'all loved it, let us know. <laughs> we'll definitely take a couple don't, more nights off. Don't. Woo! Don't do that. Woo! Devin, Devin host. Scott co-host sometimes. Most times. Scott co-host most times. Devin host. Devin host. Ghost host. Weed the mouse. That's right. That. Nadja. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well... Thank you so much for listening to Scott's special birthday episode. Woo! Um, we do so love sharing our Saturday with you, especially special Saturdays, like Scott's special Saturday. Special spooky Saturday. Special spooky Saturday. Scott's... <laughs> Scott's special spooky Saturday, Saturday surprise. <laughs> Stay safe. <laughs> Stay hydrated. And as always, stay spooky, everybody. We will see you next Saturday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.